Hello and welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Almodova. And together we are at the Pacific Point of View. We are coming back at you. First episode of the 2021 college football season. This is our week zero special episode. We're starting things off with a low tide where I'm going to let you know what things are looking like for this episode. We're going to start with our surprises of the week and talk about of the week. I should say, of the off-season, because this is week zero. So we'll talk about our biggest surprises over the last uh, off-season of all of college football. Then we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about our Wheaties watch list, uh, talk about potential players of the week for the Pac-12, ones we're really looking for during the regular season to make multiple appearances. Then we'll go into the big picture, look at uh, Heisman favorites, look at uh, our playoff picks, potentially, and then we'll make week zero picks. Not a lot of games on the slate. I believe there's only five. Then we'll go, uh, Colt will do a little group of five session, uh, one for the little guy, very excited for that one. Then we'll do our final Pac-12 standing predictions for 2021 before the regular season begins, and we'll follow that up with a recruiting update in Hayden's Corner. Then we'll go over back to me for fact or fiction, and we'll finish it out with some shenanigans in the spelling game mascot matchup, and then we'll wave goodbye. So let's start off with, are you surprised? Uh, Hayden, what surprised you the most from this offseason? This, this pains me so much to bring up, diehard Sun Devil fan, but waking up one morning to the shocking um, notification that ASU has been involved and implicated in some recruiting violations was very surprising to me because, you know, Herm Edwards is such a, a character guy. Looks like he was running a tight ship. Yeah. A lot of excitement around the program. It seemed like Antonio Pierce had kind of finally cracked the code of... Uh, successfully recruiting the state of California. We were getting some big-time recruits. <laughs> he good, but in the wrong way. Yeah. Um, surprising, disappointing, shocking, all those emotions. And it's really put a damper on what was supposed to be a once-in-a-lifetime season for the Sun Devils. I mean, we're talking 1996-level expectations coming into the season. And right now, it seems like there's more up in the air than excitement and regarding Sun Devil football. It's definitely a, an interesting time to be a, a Sun Devil fan and, and a Sun Devil uh, alum, as, as we are currently enrolled. Uh, Colt, biggest surprise from the offseason? Oh, my biggest surprise, I would have to go to the islands. So while I was at home during the pandemic, Aloha Stadium was announced that it was going to be shutting down after, uh, I believe, 35 years of operation. I mean, this is a facility that has hosted, you know, Hundreds of University of Hawaii football games. Is that the stadium that hosted the uh, the Pro Bowl? Yes, the mm. Pro Bowl. My favorite team, uh, the AFC, because that's the only uh, pro team we, we've ever got there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But uh, yes, Aloha Stadium, very sad to see. Um, so now that puts the University of Hawaii in, in a different predicament this season. They're playing on campus at T.C. Ching uh, Field <laughs> Athletic Complex. Is that even real? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it looks like a glorified high school stadium. Probably going to hold about 10,000 seats for this year, but who knows with the COVID restrictions, there might not even be fans this year. Uh, but that really stuck out, and uh, go Bows, of course. All right. Uh, as far as my surprises, mine were a little larger in scale. Um, I will, stuff we'll touch on later is Oklahoma-Texas to the SEC in 2025. Uh, the ACC-Big Ten-Pac-12 rumored alliance, that's, that's the biggest deal, I think. But Quinn Ewers, foregoing his last year of high school, uh, to go to Ohio State, and recently I believe they announced C.J. Stroud will be the starter. So he foregoed his last season in high school just to not start. So that was my biggest surprise. I didn't even know that was possible. 
Yeah, I mean, this is groundbreaking stuff we're seeing as a result of all the new NIL stuff going on and player empowerment in college football. And uh, definitely a string in a, a – there seems to be a theme with these Ohio State quarterback commits. Tate thinking <laughs> Yes, thinking they're uh, untouchable and then end up losing the job before they really even get going there. So Ouch. we'll see how that goes. But I was surprised to see Stroud named the starter as well. Well, uh, speaking of surprises, let's do the opposite of surprises. Guys that we expect to uh, be constantly on our Wheaties watch list as the season goes on. We'll jump forward and talk about um, our potential Wheaties guys for 2021. So I'll, I'll kick it off. I think one guy who has definitely, I would say, has gotten a, a decent amount of hype coming into the season is ASU's premier running back, Rashad White. He's an absolute tank, big frame, he's fast, physical, runs really hard. He put on 15 pounds this offseason, so he's up to 210 from 195. I saw a video of his footwork, lightning he, quick absolutely shredded the defenses of USC, had a 55-yard touchdown reception. Oregon State, 55-yard touchdown Not run. much, but... <laughs> and a 93-yard touchdown run against the Wildcats. Also not saying much, but still <laughs> impressive nonetheless. And he's playing behind a veteran offensive line that returns four starters this year. So I think the, the odds that we see this guy, at least in some form of... Um, all-star Pac-12 mentions at the end of the season and potentially the Senior Bowl, and we're talking... A, Most importantly, the Wheaties. Though. Yes. The Wheaties boy of the week. The Wheaties boy of the week watch list. Um, but I think this guy's going to have a killer season for the Sun Devils, and we should definitely be keeping an eye out on him. All right, Cole, who's primed to eat their Wheaties this year? Oh, if we're looking at Wheaties, I want to take it also back to the islands. So we have <laughs> Vavai Malapiai. He's a USC running back. Uh, he has had an injury play career, but throughout his career, he's had over 1,300 rushing yards. Now, what I really like about this guy, besides the fact that he went to the same high school as Dylan Gabriel and Mackenzie Milton uh, out at uh, Mililani High School in Hawaii, I really like how, you know, his determination, he he really looks like he could uh, be a significant contributor this year, especially in the run game. And yeah, USC should be uh, favored uh, in, in the division this year. You know, uh, USC's running game was awful last year. At least from what I saw. That was one of the worst rushing attacks in the Could be making a comeback. I mean, hopefully your boy Malapai uh, figures something out Malapai. there. Malapai. Uh, that's what I said. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're close. Anyways, uh, more on that. More on pronunciation and, and spelling later in the show. Oh, I'm excited. Um, Jarek Broussard, running back from Colorado. Last year as a freshman, Came out, was an absolute beast. Colorado only played, I want to say, six or seven games. He had 895 rushing yards, averaged nearly six yards a carry, five touchdowns. Such a small sample size for such a talented young back. Uh, I look for this guy to come out and have a really great year next year, be constantly on that Wheaties list, but I do think Colorado is going to take some L's, which is going to hurt his chances. But I think he'll be one of the lone bright spots on their roster this year. Yeah, he is a first-team uh, first All-Pac-12 preseason mention. So definitely getting a little bit of love there. And I think there's another running back at Colorado. I forget his name off the top of my head, but they have a pretty solid running back room. That's one of the big reasons they started out so strongly last year. I think they started out 3 or 4-0, and and in such a short season, that was like the equivalent of like an 8-0 start. So good stuff from Colorado. We'll jump forward to more of a national scale, and we'll talk about the big picture. First thing I just wanted to kind of throw out there, maybe we can discuss it a little bit, conference realignment. It's happening. It's here. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think it's a, a nightmare for college football, personally. I think um, it's it's tough to digest, especially for 
teams like ASU, if you can't tell I'm an ASU homer, um, yeah, this is really difficult, especially for teams competing in big markets because now you're, you have your Texas, your Oklahoma, those two schools only show in town going into the SEC where pretty much more or less the same over there, not many big markets. So I think it's going to, if you think the gap is wide between the top four and everyone else, watch it get even wider uh, now that this is going on. But I think we're going to see some really crazy stuff. I think we could potentially see a Big Ten Pac-12 merger at some point and get a 32-team conference. You mentioned the the scheduling yep. alliance of the, the alliance. three conferences. I don't know, but personally, I think we're more likely to see kind of the Big 12 dissolve, and a few of those teams will, will go um, their own which way. I think ASU, or the Pac-12 rather, will absorb some of those teams. You might see a Hawaii, a San Diego State, Boise State, BYU make their way to the Pac. So yeah. it, I think there's a lot of interesting talking points that come with it, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it's really not good for that old traditional style that we love uh, about college football. I really love the terms being thrown around here. Alliance. Like, it makes me feel like the <laughs> Avengers are forming to defeat like, the almighty SEC that is forming. And, and on the SEC, I think Oklahoma going to the SEC really hurts. And the brand of Texas, yeah. But, like, honestly, at this point, Texas going to the SEC, it's, a, it's like Nebraska going to the SEC. It's like a team with fantastic history. But they have just not brought it for a while, it feels like, since Vince Young way back when. So. Well, I think, if anything, that could really hurt Texas A&M. Because mm. Texas A&M's big draw was that they were the one SEC school in Texas. Yeah. And that's why they were getting the big recruits. So this could really damage the Aggies and their overall... Because it seems like ever since they got to the SEC, they've actually improved and gotten to the next level. Went from Ryan Tannehill to Johnny Football, <laughs> so yeah. Exactly, so... Not not good news there for the Aggies, but I, I would tend to agree with you that Oklahoma is really the big draw here. Right, but Hayden, you've touched on it. The little guy could be the biggest benefit of this decision. I mean, if we're talking about UCF, Cincinnati, Hawaii, Boise State, teams like that, they can join a bigger <laughs> conference now if the dominoes start falling. If OU and Texas go to the SEC and then you have other teams, maybe UCF joins one of these bigger conferences, they're going to get a, a more money. You know, and they're going to have a stronger recruiting class and, and maybe even compete for a playoff position. I think something that's going to be a common theme as we uh, start to get into the show is Colts' uh, undying loyalty to the Group 5, particularly Hawaii. So definitely the hope coming for maybe Hawaii finally gets that invite to at least a relevant conference, not the Mountain West. Uh, no, no offense in the Mountain West there. Um, One for the little guy. Coming yeah, up later exactly. on in the show. One for the little guy. So uh, we'll go. We, we can talk... As all day about conference realignment, but at the end of the day, it's speculation. Only thing that's for certain right now is Oklahoma, Texas to the SEC in 2025, which is still years away. So let's talk about Heisman pick. Right now, who's one guy in college football that is playing right now that you think will win the Heisman in 2021? Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma quarterback, local kid from Arizona. Uh, ASU was the first to offer him, per usual. Didn't mm. pan out. Did not pan out. Nope. Um, the kid's got crazy arm talent, threw for 3,000 yards in his first year as Oklahoma's starter. He had, he had a rocky start. Rocky he start. did, but he warmed up, and, and I think this really, he's going to take off this year. And he would be, what, the fourth quarterback since 2008 
out of Oklahoma to win the Heisman. You got yes. Sam Bradford, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and and this kid now. So um, he's he's Jalen Hurts was yeah. close too. So yeah. It's, yeah, riding the momentum of a big deal with raising canes. So um, oh, really? you know that that always helps. So did you see uh, Kool Aid from Alabama? Yes, yes, and we got we got to talk about these NIL deals, man. They're, I mean, they're these pretty, are funny. I kind of love them. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I love that uh, Bama's quarterback uh, Bryce Young is like made over a million bucks already. hasn't hasn't, hasn't taken played a snap. snap. <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, I also have Spencer Rattler, which is why I kind of budged in there a little. Uh, Rattler is the the clear pick, I think. Oklahoma's been cranking out Heisman winners. It's the obvious one. Were you cheating off of his notes? I got it written down. Cole. Oh my okay. god! <laughs> well, to change the script a little bit, I'm gonna keep it with the Polynesian theme the <laughs> of Samoan de- uh, descent. Uh, DJ Uyunglele. Uh, That's this, how you pronounce that? Yes. I've never heard of yeah, pronounced so like that. Clemson's quarterback. He opens up the season against Georgia. He can prove that he's the guy. I have Georgia winning that game. Me well, too. <laughs> okay, but if Clemson wins, you know, he's already an established name in college football because of when he, you know, stepped up in that game that Trevor Lawrence couldn't play against Notre Dame. Uh, even though they, even though Clemson lost that game, uh, a DJ showed out and he played very well. He did, in that he game. did play very well in that game. Right, and so he wasn't the reason why they lost. And so this year, I think, you know, you know, Tua was a great quarterback and he was of Samoan defen- uh, descent uh, in the SEC. And who knows, maybe DJ will be the next guy. I think in terms of Heisman, it's best quarterback in the country at this point. It's what you're looking for, and Oklahoma and Clemson have been quarterback you for the past yeah. five, six years. So um, Definitely safe picks across the board. We'll see how safe these picks are as we talk about uh, college football playoffs. Uh, let's just throw four teams out there, see if they stick, get, get some uh, bulletin board material out there. Uh, before week zero. We'll start with Cole this time. Cole, I'm curious to hear your... Wow, changing it up. Go ahead, go crazy. So, I'm going to start with number one. Oklahoma, as you guys have said, Spencer Rattler, you know, know, pretty manageable schedule outside of Iowa State and and the Bedlam game at the end of the season. Number two, I have Clemson, uh, especially because of my Heisman pick. Uh, We got DJ. And their schedule, pretty cake after Georgia. I mean, there's not really... That ACC... Soft. Yeah. yeah, there's not really a true, you know, good opponent after the Georgia game. And so, number three, I honestly didn't know where to go with this, but when in doubt, choose Bama. And so, you know, Bama's got, once again, Bold. one okay. of the best uh, <laughs> recruiting classes in the Hot nation. Take. Uh, you know, they do have road games, though, against Florida, Texas A&M. So, those will be huge games to watch for. And then, of course, the little guy. Cincinnati, number four, the group of five you knew that was coming. You yeah. knew that was coming. Of course they cracked the top four. They were good last season. They'll be good this season. It, it might have a little bit of the UCF effect of like maybe two, three years ago when Mackenzie Milton was able to take uh, UCF to the New York Six. And then Dylan Gabriel also had a great year uh, after that. So I really think uh, that uh, Cincinnati could crack the top four this year. All right. Uh, I do, even though the, the Cincinnati pick is a bold one, I, I will give credit where credit's due because I think, and I will probably touch on this throughout the year, I think this year has the opportunity to be one of the most fun years in recent memory simply because of that extra year of COVID eligibility right. that every player got. And so all the smaller schools that don't have guys taking off for the draft, they're getting those fifth-year guys back. They're getting those juniors back for another year. They're getting guys that are going to have that extra year of experience that will push them over the top. And so that's why I've got number one Georgia. I think Georgia beats Clemson week one, and then I think they went out from there. 
then I have Oklahoma number two. I think Rattler balls out. I think Oklahoma has one loss in their schedule. I'll say who that's to in a second. I think Clemson finishes third with one loss to Georgia. I think they run the table after that. Um, they probably lose or beat a stingy North Carolina team in an elimination game for the playoff. At number four, this is where what I talked about comes into play. You've got Iowa State. No one in the country benefited more than Iowa State did from that COVID rule. They brought back everyone. I am telling you, everyone is on this roster. They've got Brock Purdy. They've got Brees Hall on defense. They've got Mike Rose. They've got their baller tight end. I can't remember his name right now, but they have brought back so much talent. This is the most talented team Iowa State has ever had in their program's history. So I, I'm, it's not saying a lot. It's Iowa State. However, I think Iowa State sneaks in at number four. I think Iowa State beats Oklahoma in the regular season and then loses to Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game. You don't have Bama in there. Why is that? I believe Ole Miss will beat Alabama, and then Alabama also gets Auburn on the road and Texas A&M on the road. I think they lose one of those two as well. Ole Miss. Wow. Ole Miss beats them once every three years. I'm telling you. There's three things that are guaranteed. ASU will disappoint. Ole Miss will beat Alabama once every four years, and Ohio State will lose a random game on the road to a nobody team. That's so true. with that being said, uh, coming in at number four, I'm going to go four to one here. Um, I've got Ohio State. Did anyone else put Ohio State no, in there? No, wow. no, sir. So I've got Ohio State in at number four. Um, not, seemingly nothing special about them this year. I know they have an elite, an elite receiving core. Oh, yes. Their, their receivers are so stacked. And I think the Big Ten is really starting to weaken. You know, the Penn State isn't what they were a few years ago. Michigan State has fallen off the face of the earth. Michigan continues to disappoint. It seems like Indiana and Wisconsin might be their biggest challenges this year. But I think Ohio State will lose one and sneak in because at number three I have Alabama. I think Bama loses one. I'll say Texas A&M. That seems like uh, would be a tough game for them on the road. I think Jimbo gets one against Nick Saban. And coming in at number two, I have Clemson. I think they lose to UGA, similar to uh, Tyler. And then at number one, I have Oklahoma, who I have uh, going undefeated. And who would have thought five years ago we would have said their schedule is pretty easy outside of Iowa State? I mean, come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on. So, <laughs> so uh, I have Georgia missing out with two losses. Um, I Despite the the win over Clemson, I think they'll lose one in the regular season, and I think Bama beats them in the SEC championship game. Fair enough. Uh, Texas A&M, I think they beat Bama, but in uh, typical Texas A&M fashion, they'll find a way to lose at least two more, if if not three. Same boat. I think the Pac-12 is more or less a non-factor in this argument. Notre Dame, I think most people are expecting significant regression from them this year. And then who else? Iowa State. I just feel like the Cinderella team never ends up doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. I mean, ASU was that in 2015, and we went 6-6. Six and six. I mean, I can't name off the top of my head who, who else has been in that place in recent years. This is the year it'll happen. Washington, Michigan I know, State. has been that Michigan team. Michigan State, was... State, Michigan, Texas. It just seemingly never works out. So I'm going to stick with the tried and true Ohio State, Bama, Clemson, Oklahoma, which is probably the most boring playoff Basically, you could yeah. have ever come up with and just further uh, shows us why we need serious playoff reform. I agree. But I noticed that none of us picked a Pac-12 team. And do you think because if a Pac-12 team doesn't make it this year, that this alliance scheduling between the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 starts to heat up even more after this season? And do you think that this alliance could actually benefit a Pac-12 team to getting into the playoff? 
I th- I think sorry about you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if anything, this will show how deep the Pac-12 is because I think the middle tier and lower tier for that matter of the Pac is light years ahead of that of the ACC and probably a little bit better than the Big Ten. Certainly better than the Big Twelve. I think it's better than the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I think you know if you pick... SEC's bottom half has been abysmal. You right. have Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Missouri, Kentucky in recent years has been better, but you've got South Carolina. Arkansas. Those teams have been bad, like real bad near the bottom. But uh, the Pac-12 has always had that depth. Yeah, I so, I mean, you pit Oregon State against, say, um, Illinois. Oregon State's probably winning that game. That that's a You'd call that a middle-tier matchup. Put Arizona against Vanderbilt. Arizona beats Vanderbilt, and they probably beat Kansas, too. Maybe Rutgers. Hopefully, hopefully. Kansas. Well, doesn't Oregon State have Purdue on the schedule? They do. Yeah. That's going to be a test right there. Test their medal. See what. Uh, yeah, we'll see what the alliance kind of looks yeah, like. So exactly. In the so bottom to, half. So to answer your question, I think that actually could be a very good thing for the Pac-12. Yes. All right. Let's uh, look forward to our week zero picks. We'll go kind of rapid fire on this. I'll say a game. Uh, you guys make your pick. Give a little brief reason why, and then we'll jump to the next one. So first one, we'll start Nebraska at Illinois, a Big Ten matchup in week zero. Aiden, I'm going to take the Huskers, and they recently joined ASU in the NCAA investigation club. <laughs> it's not a not a very fun club. To be yeah, in. it's uh, we got ASU, Tennessee, Nebraska, LSU. It's it's a good time. Uh, but I think the Huskers take this one, uh, a lucky draw. Illinois, they've kind of been the cellar dwellers in the Big Ten for a few years outside of Rutgers. And I feel like Nebraska, they always give us a little bit of hope at the beginning of the season, and then they just crater once they get into the heart of conference play. But this is a big season for the Huskers. Frost, Scott Frost, in what, what is it, year four or five now, really hasn't taken that program to the next level. And he has not. After coming over. He hasn't over. even taken it to a level. It's no, just been I mean. No bowl games. Nothing. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, he has never won as many games as Mike Riley. So, so but I will think Nebraska, I do think Nebraska uh, takes their opener on the road. So I, I think Nebraska's cursed. This Nebraska team is cursed. I have Illinois winning. I think Illinois will not have a good season. I think they'll win two, maybe three Big Ten games. But I think Lovey Smith, and Illinois pulls out a win. They won in Lincoln last year. And so I think Nebraska goes week one. It's a really difficult game to draw on the road against a Big Ten team in week one. No one wants to play a conference game week one. That's a tune-up game. Most teams are playing an FCS squad. Southern Utah is what ASU's playing. So I've got Illinois pulling off a bit of a shocker to some people. I've got Nebraska beating Illinois week one, and I have all the Cornhusker fans saying Nebraska's back uh, for the 10th or 20th year in a row. Um, But I think... Week two, they play Fordham. I think Nebraska's going to start out 2-0. But then week three, they lose to Buffalo. And mm. then they'll truly be back to being bad. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, game two, UConn at Fresno State. I feel like this one's pretty easy. I think Fresno State's going to win. UConn, bad. I have written in my <laughs> notes. <laughs> it's a miracle they even have a football program. Yeah. I mean, they got booted from the AAC, which is one of the better group of five conferences. But... I mean, their program is just hanging on by a thread. And, yeah, not looking up this year. They're an FBS independent. They didn't. They were one of two uh, teams who didn't even play last year. So that's that's really damaging to a program. So, But like you mentioned, UConn, very bad. Been bad for a few years now. And Fresno State, not quite at the level they were at under Jeff Tedford. But still, I think the Bulldogs should get a relatively easy win in their home opener. 
yeah, I don't have any faith in UConn this season. Uh, they're a basketball school. Uh, shout out Kemba Walker. Uh, and Fresno State, they're a Mountain West team. They're always competitive against the University of Hawaii. And uh, they were pretty competitive last season. And, and I don't see why they aren't uh, this season as well. All right. I've got a game highlighted here, number three, but we'll skip over it for uh, reasons that will be clear in a minute. Uh, we have, we'll, we'll just skip to University of Texas, El Paso at New Mexico State. Uh, a little bit of a, not, not quite a barn burner in this one. I've got uh, UTEP winning. UTEP actually had a solid season last year. I think they won three games, competed. I've got them beating a pretty cathartic New Mexico State team. Cathartic might be an understatement. I don't know if any of you guys watched their spring season. They lost to Tarleton State wow. on FCS Independent 43-17 to yeah. at home. Yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know about this game. A couple years ago, UTEP was, I think, winless, and they were one of the worst teams in all of FBS Division I college football, but they're kind of on the rebound, and they get a really good draw with a <laughs> horrific New Mexico State team who should be headed to the big sky shortly. Yes. You know what? I'm not going to even answer your question. I have no idea, nor do I care who's going to win uh, between UTEP and New Mexico State. Uh, New Mexico State, though, fun fact, they play Hawaii twice this season. Uh, one at home, one on the road. Guaranteed so, wins. That's beautiful. Yes. Former member of the WAC, by the way. All right. Uh, Southern Utah at San Jose State. This one, another one that's not quite a barn burner. I've got San Jose State. They have Nick Starkle, who's a solid quarterback. Nick Starkle, and I believe his third program. He played at Arkansas and Texas I want to say Texas A&M. So and San Jose State. the well-traveled Nick Starkle going up against Southern Utah. And I got to tell you, I watched a little bit of film on Southern Utah and you know, seeing what we're dealing with for ASU Week 1. They looked like an AAC team compared to an SEC team when they were playing NAU. They looked mm. significantly wow. smaller than the Lumberjacks. So wow. I think that should tell you what, what San Jose State and soon-to-be Arizona State are dealing with. So I, right. I'm going to pick the Spartans. Guys, the worldwide leader in sports is giving Southern Utah 4.6% chance to win this game. Yeah, I'm going with San Jose State. They won the Mountain West Conference last season, and I'll get into more of San Jose in the next segment. All right. Hawaii at UCLA. This is the one I put off with till the end. We'll start with Hayden. Uh, then we'll go to me, and we'll finish with Colt on this one. Wow. All right, I'm going to put out a little trigger warning for Colt over here, but I think UCLA gets it done with flying colors easily. I think UCLA wins this game by three scores, and Dorian Thompson Robinson's going to put on a clinic. He'll be benched in the second half, so he won't put up the 200-200 <laughs> performance that he would put up in a full game. He is going to absolutely torch Todd Graham's blitzing defense, and yeah, I mean, I just don't, I don't see how UCLA can even overlook this game with LSU coming up the following week. So, yeah. no disrespect to the Rainbow Warriors, I do think Hawaii scores at least three touchdowns, but I think UCLA has a chance to put up fifty plus points. Yeah, I think this is going to be uh, UCLA finally taking a deep breath and winning an out of conference game. And, and coming out and, and beating up on Hawaii. If this was in Hawaii, I, I'd give the Rainbow Warriors a chance. But uh, going to play UCLA, uh, Chip Kelly, I think, finally gets some stuff together this year. They they had some glimpses last year, some very solid glimpses. So I think UCLA wins this one. The Bows are back! Okay, 1230 on Saturday, ESPN, Rose Bowl, Hawaii at UCLA. 
Hawaii wins. Book it. <laughs> what? Okay? That's such an insane pick. Okay. Hawaii's going to win. Here's, here's why. Shevin Cordero, quarterback. Okay? Number 12. He's in his fourth season at, at the top of the at, the at the QB position of UH. Uh, Calvin Do-It-All Turner. Okay? But he's bad. I'm just kidding. He does it all. No, no, no. Running back, wide receiver, kick returner, punt returner, MVP of the New Mexico Bowl, even though it was held in Texas. This guy does it all. And then Todd Graham. Versus Chip Kelly. He's trying to get his rematch. This is going to be round two of Graham versus Kelly. The first time Kelly uh, won 43-21 over Graham against ASU when he was with the Ducks in 2012. But UCLA is not thinking about UH. They're thinking about LSU. You think it's a trap game? It's a trap game. Mm, a week zero trap game. UH is going to yeah, is gonna go into Pasadena and get the W. To be fair, they are 0-6 out of conference under Chip Kelly. I was going to say, if this were anyone else but UCLA, I would say this is a very legitimate trap game. But with their out-of-conference performance in years past, there is no way this one's getting by them. I just, If Hawaii somehow wins this game and then they go on to lose against LSU, first of all, we can book it that they're going to just run through the Pac-12 because that's what they do every year. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, then I think Chip Kelly's job is all but gone. Agreed. Oh, they may run through the Pac-12, but they're not running through the Bows. <laughs> all right, Bulletin well... Bulletin board material right <laughs> exactly. there. Hey, sticking to the theme of uh, looking out for the little guy, just like Colt was, let's, let's go to Colt's Corner. One for the little guy. Oh, Colt, why don't you tell us what this segment's all about? Oh, my gosh. So, one for the little guy. So, every single week here... At Pacific POV, we're going to feature a, a, a one for the little guy segment. So we're going to have a group of five team, you know, that, that's on the come up. Someone that I think is going to show out this weekend or has a chance uh, to crack, you know, that New Year's Six Bowl uh, slot. Uh, so for this week, I want to address two teams. Briefly, Cincinnati. Back to my uh, prediction of them in the playoff. They have games at Indiana and at Notre Dame and a home game against UCF. Those are quality opponents for their strength of schedule. And I think that Cincinnati makes a great case if they win out to be in that playoff. But now to the little, like even more little than the little guy. The littler guy. Littler guy. San Jose State, last season, 7-0 and with a victory over Boise State in the Mountain West. Now, Boise State, granted, isn't the same as it used to be under Kellen Moore and, and back in the day. But San Jose does open the season uh, against Southern Utah. Um, and... San Jose also plays USC this year. Mm. And yeah. so San Jose is going to be battling against USC to be who's the real team in California, okay? <laughs> they do have a chance to, you know, yeah. make some noise. Yeah, who's they, the big boy? They've got the means. They've got the means. The Spartans versus the Trojans? Yeah, the Spartans are better than Trojans. That's, now that's a mascot battle. Yeah, see? They're not getting enough respect. Uh, they could honestly run the table in the Mountain West. San Jose State is returning uh, QB Nick Starkle. Uh, they also have uh, Cade Hall, Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year, uh, on the D-line. So, yeah, the Spartans have a great chance to make a run for the New Year's Six Bowl. And, you know, crack that, uh, I don't know, do you want to talk about playoff for San Jose State? You can talk about that all you want. San Jose we'll, State over Cincinnati. We'll, we'll, keep, it my grounded. we'll keep it grounded in, in reality. I'm changing here. my pick. <laughs> San Jose State gets the fourth spot. They're playing Oklahoma. Book it. Cole throwing a lot of bullets in board material. Uh, it's pre-week zero. So let's go... Uh, even more bulletin board material. Let's talk about our final Pac-12 standings predictions. Um, we can go division by division. We'll start with the Pac-12 North. And uh, Hayden, why don't you just reveal your six, the order, reasoning behind it, and then we'll uh, go to me and Colt. So the Pac-12 North, I think, has a 
pretty consistent theme every year. You've got like one or two teams at the top, and then the bottom is just a muddled field. And I think that's kind of the uh, kind of true this year. I think there's a clear bottom team at, uh, with Washington State. So I have them coming in at six, four and eight record, a lot of turnover there. Nick Rolovich going to be in his second season. Um, but they only played three games last year. So yeah. they had the least amount of reps of anybody in the Pac-12 in what was already just a really short season. And there's going to be a quarterback battle. Jaden Delora looked good in his time, but he's had some off-the-field issues. And they brought in the almighty Jared Garantano from Tennessee, oh. who was arguably one of the worst quarterbacks we've ever seen in the SEC. So, that's just, yeah, I mean, that should tell you what we're They compared him with Peyton Manning in a graphic <laughs> once. I remember that. Wow. So, I and coupled with that, they've got a pretty tough conference schedule, um, including road games against, I believe, Oregon and ASU. Mm. So, not, not great luck there for the Coos. Coming in at number five, I have Stanford who I think will go 6-6. Six and six. They'll clear that bowl eligibility mark. Nothing special about Stanford. They're a decent team. They lost some talent on offense, especially quarterback Davis Mills going to the draft. And they've got just a brutal non-conference schedule per usual. Uh, Kansas State, which should be a relatively even game. Notre Dame, that's tough. And then they get Vanderbilt, which is like playing an FCS team. Fair enough. So I think they'll find a way. David Shaw will find a way to get them to a bowl game. Coming in at number four, I've got the Beavs of Oregon State. Let's go. I think they also go six and six. I think they have a favorable out-of-conference schedule. They've got a big game against Purdue week one. I think that's going to show us um, how much, kind of where they are. And I think Oregon State can certainly make its first bowl game since the Mike Riley era, I believe. Yeah, since like 2015, 2014 now, yeah. yeah. Hawaii Bowl. Coming in at number three, I've got the Golden Bears of Cal. Similar to Stanford, nothing really special about this team. Under Justin Wilcox, they've been defense-heavy for a long time. Yeah, and exact opposite. Yeah, exact opposite of they were. how they were under Sonny Dykes, yeah. where it was 70, see if 70 points holds Set up. Set the record for <laughs> passing yards in a game and then losing. And lose. Yeah. So I think Cal, similar to the other teams, they've got a tough non-conference schedule. They get TCU on the road and have some, some tough conference road games as well, but I think they'll... Again, they'll clear that mark and get to a bowl game. And then at number two, I have Washington, kind of in the 8-4 and four mm. mark. I do think they beat Michigan week two. I think I they run through the non-conference slate, and then they'll run into some issues once they get into conference play. But I think this is a big year for the Huskies, big year for Jimmy Lake, and we'll see what happens. Uh, they just brought in a, a big five-star quarterback in Sam Heward. He'll challenge... Uh, uh, Dylan, Morris, Dylan Morris, who was there last year. They've got a good running back room led by, uh, I forget his name, uh, Sean McGrew, I believe. And per usual, they've got good tight ends, good receivers, and a great defense over there. And I think Oregon wins the North at 9-3, and three, though. A little disappointing for their standards. I think they lose to Ohio State, and then I think they lose a couple more. But I think they ultimately come away with the North division. And then in the South, I'll just go through a rapid yeah, fire. Yeah. Arizona at the bottom. Not much needs to be said there. They'll be lucky to win three games. Coming in at number five, I've got Colorado at six and six. Similar to the other teams in the North, tough non-conference schedule, but they've got some good returning talent. Jarek Broussard, like we mentioned earlier in the show. Yeah. Coming in at four, I've got UCLA at seven and five. I think this is a, a good a good stepping stone year for Chip Kelly to get into next year, where I think they'll be one of the favorites in the South. Coming in at number three, I have Utah at 8-4. and four. 
A lot of hype around them. A lot of people saying they might be a sleeper team in the South. I disagree. I think they're a little bit of a disadvantage. A lot of unfortunate circumstances for them in the offseason, losing their uh, very talented freshman running back, Ty Jordan, yeah. uh, to a tragedy. But you know Kyle Whittingham. He, he always rises above and, and finds a way to do more with less. So don't sleep on the Utes. At number two, I've got the Sun Devils at 9-3. and three. Um, This is going to be an interesting season. We could see a lot of changes in the middle of the season. No one knows with the ongoing investigation. But assuming nothing changes, I think this team will really gel as a unit. And they're going to get some big wins. But I don't think it'll be enough to knock off USC, who I think will finally put it all together. Keaton Slovis with that insane defensive line with Corey Foreman. The number one overall recruit in the country, Drake, Drake Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, he's an so. absolute beast of a pass rusher. I just really like the Trojans this year. And Notre Dame is usually a free loss for them, but I think they're better than Notre Dame this year. Agreed. So I think they'll come out with the best record in the conference at 10-2. and two, And I actually think they'll beat Oregon, avenging their loss in last year's Pac-12 championship game. All right. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i go. I'll start with the North. Um, in the North, I've got Washington State at the bottom, just where you had them. I think they go 5-7. and seven. I do think they actually steal a few more than people. I uh, think they will. Um, Rolovich surprisingly had them competitive in, in all their games last year, um, even against the Ducks. Uh, and then you have, I'll have Oregon State at 5th. I think they will be bowl eligible, 6-6. Six and six. I think they go 4-5 and five in conference. I think they'll steal some nice games. They do have some tough draws um, from the South Division, USC and Utah, I believe, are their two games. That's never fun. And ASU. Uh, and ASU. That's that's like the three best teams in the South, so that's brutal. Uh, then I've got Stanford and Cal going 7-5. and five. I, I just think I've got a gut feeling, and I've had the same feeling for Stanford the past few years. They've got to pull it together this year, right? David Shaw is such a great coach, and we've seen it in the past, but Stanford has just been bad, bad, bad for like three straight seasons now. So you just feel like Stanford's got to pull it together, otherwise Shaw might legitimately be in some trouble, despite being such a great coach. But 4-3 is Cal Stanford, both 7-5. and five. Then at number 2, I also have Washington, 9-3 and three record. I think they lose some tough conference games. Um, and then at number 1, I have the Ducks. I have the Ducks going 10-2. and two. I have them going 8-1 and one in conference with a nice little loss in the Oregon-Oregon State rivalry game in the last week of the season. <laughs> and then uh, we go to the South. Uh, in the South, I think... Colorado, everything about Colorado tells me that they are going to go 7-5, and five, make a bowl game, make some noise, do something. But for some reason, it's Colorado. So I think they're going to go 3-9. and nine, <laughs> And I think they're going to get a win over either Minnesota or Texas A&M. That is just insane. And I think Minnesota will be good, and I think Texas A&M will be good this year. But I think Colorado beats one of them, as they do. And then I think they win one game in conference and finish six in the South. And then I think Arizona will steal a few games this year. And it, yes, they are bad. However, they they have a few key athletes on their team, and it just is the Pac-12. And I think Arizona definitely beats UCLA, because that just makes sense. And Pac-12 after dark, all those other factors. I think Arizona could win a number of different games, whether it be a night game versus Utah. Washington has to travel to play Arizona. They hate Tucson. playing in the desert. So, yeah, they hate that. So I think that's a potential trap game for them. Then I've got UCLA. I think UCLA goes 2-1 and one out of conference, finishes 5-7. and seven. I think they struggle to win games in conference. Could be Chip Kelly's last year at the Bruins. Uh, then I've got Utah going 8-4. and four. I think with Charlie Brewer, they've got a chance to do something good. I think they finished down in third, though. 
Then we have Arizona State at number two, USC finishing first in the South. I've got the same two winners of the divisions. I do think the Ducks win. The Ducks, I think, are uh, more talented than the Trojans. Um, I think defensively they've been more well put together the last few seasons than USC. And, yes, they had a Mickey Mouse Pac-12 championship a year ago. I think they'll get the real deal this year. For ASU, I think they are better than USC. I think they beat USC head-to-head. However, they have some tough, tough games, including a road game versus Utah. They have to play that UCLA team that they have to play every year that just has been the bane of their existence under Chip Kelly. They have a game against Washington across conference that could also sting. And Oregon State, for some reason, always seems to have ASU's numbers. So I think uh, Oregon wins the Pac-12. ASU, I think, is the best team in the South, but does not make it to the Pac-12 championship. Well, I'm going to shake it up a little bit. All right. Okay, so in the North. No surprise. Uh, Hawaii wins the North. Hawaii <laughs> wins the entire Pac-12. Uh, yeah. Okay, so coming in at sixth, I have Stanford. Um, yeah, I think David Shaw is going to be on the hot seat this year. This will probably probably be his last season uh, with Stanford. Yeah, there's my little hot take. I've got five. I have Cal. You can't have uh, Stanford w- without Cal. Uh, four, I have Oregon State wow. going five and seven. Uh, That's brutal. And they're, <laughs> the loss that keeps them out of the bowl game is against Hawaii. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And just to sting Tyler's heart. <laughs> Can't wait to see every Hawaii pick go the other way. Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to break Tyler's heart at the end of the season. Oh, we didn't make the bowl game because Oregon State lost to Hawaii. So more Heisman winners than Hawaii. We're chilling. <laughs> true, that is true. So we also have a football stadium. Uh, number three, I have uh, UW. Uh, number two, Washington State. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay, so let me explain the connections first. Nick, Nick Rolovich. Rolovich. <laughs> I was say, you didn't have to explain. They have Hawaii's former coach. <laughs> Hawaii's former coach. Also, Hawaii's like one of the, one of the best quarterbacks ever under the June Jones era. Ever. Yes. So like you have, let's say, Colt Brennan, Timmy Chang, and then I put uh, Nick Rolovich. In the top three, right there. So, oh, okay, yeah. So Nick Rolovich is a is a household name in, in the islands. He also has another Hawaii guy, Jaden Delora, same high school as uh, Marcus Mariota, Tua Tagovailoa, Shevin Cordero. Uh, yeah, this guy. But everyone in Hawaii goes to the same high school. It feels like. But all those guys have been good. Yeah, but and Jaden Delora <laughs> had spots last season. What happened to Tua's brother? He's at Maryland. <laughs> Talia's at Maryland. Uh, he also didn't go to the same high school, though. So it's a little bit different. Ah, I see. Yeah, you see, have to go to that high school. Yeah, you have to go to St. Louis. So anyway, not a true Hawaiian. Jaden Delora, you know, he had moments last year where he looked Man, like... second place. Yeah, he looked like he could be the real deal. And um, right. I think their offense is good. When Nick Rolovich was at Hawaii, he transformed the program. Uh, and I think he can do that uh, coming in after, you know, the Mike Leach era. And then Oregon, you know, they're at the top. They have Kayvon Thibodeau, who's uh, all over the college football revamp game. Uh, you know, they have do, – do they still have C.J. Burdell? Yeah, uh, yeah. they've got they a do. loaded backfield yes. still. so they're still loaded. I've got Oregon winning the North. But, yes, Washington State is coming in at number two. Book it. Right. And then in the South, Colorado, I agree with everything you guys have said. Uh, they're coming in at sixth. I have them going two and ten. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, number five, U of A. Or U Arizona, as they like to be called now. Yeah. Um, new head coach this season. No, no, someone's still there, right? No. So no, Jet. So, uh, Jet oh, it's Fish. Jet Fish. You're right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. So Jet Fish, new new program. The last 
you know, few years of U of A haven't been good, and there's no reason to believe that a brand new system is going to make them better right off the bat. Uh, UCLA, I have them going seven and five and finishing fourth in the South. Uh, obviously, with a loss to Hawaii coming in a week zero. Uh, obviously, yeah, and you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I was, I'm, I'm kind of gonna season. double down with, with you with the whole like Chip Kelly probably being his last season. So a lot of On coaching. Seven and five year, huh? Yeah. Okay. Why not? I have them going seven and five. I, I just don't enough. think that's good enough for UCLA. I mean, they're such a traditional program. I don't think just winning, you know, enough games to go to a bowl game is good enough to be the head coach of, of UCLA. I think Fair it enough. depends on how they look. If they lose to Hawaii, he's fired on the spot. All right. True, <laughs> as he should be. Let's hear the top three. Uh, top three. Okay, so number three, I have Utah. Uh, they're always a dark horse uh, in this division. Uh, number two, USC. I uh, have them wow. going nine and three. Respect. Lost with three State. losses. San Jose State <laughs> in week coming. one. I told you, you earlier. You talked yourself into that on the show. Of course. <laughs> one for the little guy. And then I have them losing at Notre Dame. That's always a tough place to play. And then um, ASU. I have uh, ASU beating them as well. That's a home game this year for, for the that'll Sun be, Devils. That will be huge. And uh, because we'll be there, uh, us three will carry the Devils over. The Trojans over the hump. Let's do it. And then number one, ASU. Oh my gosh, I think they do it. I think they win the South. I actually think they win the entire thing. Wow. Let's go. Our junior year. Woo! Uh, yeah, junior <laughs> and then day. senior year they win the title. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Senior year they make the playoff, but junior year for us they win the Pac-12. I I'll do have it. them losing to Utah though, but yes, ASU over Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Perfect. All right, well, that does it for our predictions. We'll see uh, who looks good and who looks bad after that. We'll hop into Hayden's corner now. We'll get a light recruiting update. Uh, last one uh, before we start this regular season. So the recruiting scene last year obviously wrapped up quite a, quite a while ago, but if you're unfamiliar with it, I'll just read you last year's rankings. Coming in at the bottom, we have the Oregon State Beavers. who uh, with less, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Finished a, uh, nearly 30 points behind the next team, which was Arizona, which had all the coaching turmoil. Uh, at number 10, we had Colorado, 9, Washington State, 8, Arizona State, who mm, was they you know, hit hard. supposedly uh, you know, having some shenanigans and couldn't even, couldn't even out-recruit the likes of Cal and Utah. Ouch. Coming in at number 7, we have Stanford. Six Washington, which is a little surprising considering they had a five one of, I believe only two five star recruits. Get a load of this: Alabama had fourteen five star recruits, and the Pac twelve had, had two. Yikes! So that kind of shows you what kind of disparity we're looking at. At five, we have the Utes, who are. This is a little terrifying. Kyle Whittingham is putting together some really freaking good classes. And that scares me because he already does less with more. Probably the best coach in the conference, hands down, schematically, player development wise. Utah is going to be a juggernaut for years to come. And number four is UCLA, using that LA school brand. Uh, Shout out to Isaiah Newcomb, great guy. He uh, signed there uh, here out of Arizona. And number three is Cal. A little surprising, but Justin Wilcox turned out his best recruiting class. Number two was USC. They secured Corey Foreman, the number yeah. one player in the country. And then at number one, the Oregon Ducks. Didn't really get any flashy players this year, but had 19 four-star recruits. So 
on average, had clearly the best yeah. uh, crop of players from last year. And I'll just quickly go into the landscape for next season, which some schools don't even have recruits yet, but uh, with this... It's ASU Wi-Fi. We uh, might not get a look into that. <laughs> it's all right. We can. Uh, we'll, we'll get a get an update uh, I, next week. I do know Arizona is on the rise. I believe they're at number four. That's they just secured <laughs> their first four-star recruit in, I believe, at least two years. So big news for them. ASU is right up there as well. They've got some big recruits. But uh, not sure how the rest of the field looks, but, you know. <laughs> all right. Hey, we'll jump ahead. We'll go to uh, some fact or fiction. So uh, this is how this works. Rapid fire. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a statement out there. You're gonna tell me whether the statement is fact or whether the statement is fiction. Uh, we're gonna have some Pac-12 themes there, in there. We're gonna have some national themes in there. We'll start off at the very top. Adrian Martinez, the quarterback in Nebraska, will be an All-Conference quarterback this year. Fiction. Yeah, fiction. Fair because enough. they're gonna lose to <laughs> Buffalo in Week Three. Okay. Uh, Was his brother the great Taylor Martinez, who was like a cheat code and. In NCAA, NCAA 13. he was. Okay. But he was bad in real life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fact or fiction, Arizona wins two Pac-12 games. Fiction. Well, well, I have fact written down. Yeah, they're going 4-8. and eight, So I have to stick by what I said earlier. I think it all depends on how they do against San Diego State. I do think they'll get to three wins. I think they'll beat NAU for sure. That San Diego State one is two a Pac-12 fringe game. games. So. Do, you, do you hear yourself? You're talking about the Mountain West. You can't help yourself. You love the little guy, too. You just have to find him. Oh, it. trust me. I, I want them to lose every game on the schedule. But, yeah, that uh, would be nice. So I'll say fiction. I think they'll beat San Diego State. All right. Uh, fact or fiction, Arizona State pulls off an iconic upset this year. Fiction because they don't really – I don't think they have anyone really worth an iconic upset on the schedule. I mean, Thanks. their biggest draws are USC at home which should be kind of a right-on-par matchup, and then Washington on the road, and maybe that game, depending on how well Washington does in their conference game. I'm fiction. But fiction. Yeah, I'm going to go fiction, too, because I only see uh, the USC versus ASU game uh, being you know, the only potential upset for ASU, but because USC is going to lose to San Jose State, you know they're not going to be ranked. In- You're acting like U of A and ASU won't be undefeated when they play. All right, <laughs> fact or fiction, Jaden Daniels, 20 touchdown passes, 20-plus. I should say. I'm actually going to go with fiction. Um, Wow. ASU's rushing attack, I think, is really what's going to generate everything this year. And with the young crop of receivers, I think Jaden's going to get a lot of rushing touchdowns. I think he'll be right around that 20 mark, but I I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he does eclipse it. But I'll say fiction because I think they're going to get a lot of hard-nosed rushing touchdowns and a lot of Jaden Daniels scampers this year. I'm going to say faction. That's Okay, uh, next. <laughs> you don't even get a chance to explain. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, fact or fiction, two teams go undefeated this year in college football. I am going to say fact. I think I haven't seen Liberty's schedule, but I think Liberty, mm. I, I think um, U, UL, Laf- <laughs> UL Lafayette has a good chance. One of those Sunbelt teams, and I'll say Oklahoma, so I'll say fact. Yeah. I'm going to go fact, too. Um, outside of Hawaii, I have Clemson going undefeated uh, oh after they goodness. beat Georgia. All right, fact or fiction, Lee Corso curses live on air on college game day. 
Lock. Fact. Lock it in. That's a fact. I feel like... Hasn't right. he done that before? He oh, has yeah. many times. No, he does it again. loaded rifles in Kirk Herbstreit's direction. He's done everything. You can't say it here, though. He's back on set, though. You're right. <laughs> fact or fiction, uh, Hawaii joins the Pac-12 after the dust settles in conference realignment. Fact. Fiction. That's fact. what I thought. Fact or fiction, <laughs> Lane Kiffin will be fined for an offensive tweet this season. Fact. Fact. Fair enough. Uh, he was fined for an offensive tweet last season. He can't help was himself. Was it the ref one? It was the ref one. The ref with the, <laughs> the blind guy dogs after his game against Marshall. That was two seasons ago, excuse me. That was when he was coaching at Florida Atlantic. Uh, fact or fiction, Brees Hall wins Big 12 Player of the Year. Fiction. Fiction. Wow. Ooh, Ed's Rattler. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fact or, sometimes they give it to the running back, though. Just a pity. Um, thing. <laughs> fact or fiction, fact or fiction, Stanford finishes top half of the conference in rushing offense. I'm going to say fact based on my prediction for them this season. I'm going to say fiction based on my prediction for them this season. Yeah, they were awful at rushing the ball, and that's usually their strength last year, so that's why I threw that in there. Fact or fiction, Kayvon Thibodeau is drafted number one in the 2022 NFL draft. I'll say fiction because is Rattler eligible to go after this year? Uh, I think he might be. This he's Howell's the big guy that I think will be we going. Hal, I think Rattler. This is his third season. Oh, you're so right. He should be able to. So I'll say fiction for now. He'll be, he'll be top five though. Yes, I'm going to say fiction as well. I feel like the team that finishes at the bottom of the NFL is going to probably want a quarterback. Um, so Kayvon Thibodeau is not going to fit that. Chevin Cordero, obviously. Chevin Cordero, number one pick. <laughs> All right, you're not allowed to look at their schedule. Fact or fiction, LSU goes bowling. Fact. Fact. Okay. Fact. I mean, if you have, if you have Vanderbilt, do they have Vanderbilt in the schedule? Uh, we don't know. Potentially. You're not allowed to look. I All right. don't know. Fact or fiction. I mean, they might not go bowling, but they might go bowling. Sure, right. sure. Fact, you know, that was awful. Fact <laughs> or fiction, the Kansas Jayhawks win two games this year. I'm going to err on the side of caution and just say fiction. Uh <laughs> They did have, I think, one of the better coaching hires of the entire offseason. They got, the name is escaping me right now, but they hired Buffalo's coach, yeah. who turned Buffalo into a powerhouse, and before that, won a national championship at Wisconsin-Whitewater at the Division Three level. So I think eventually he'll turn it around, just not this year. All right. That wraps up Fact or Fiction. You guys, you did fantastic, except for Colt, the faction thing killed it. <laughs> We're going to go into the spelling game where we're going to administer our punishment for uh, for that horrible faction moment from Colt. Um, so this is how this works. Hayden and I pick a name from the Pac-12. We each pick different names for the Pac-12, and we're going to throw them at Colt. We're going to make Colt try to spell them, try to prove that years living in Hawaii his whole life prepped him to spell the most complex, unfamiliar names to us from the, the great state of Arizona. Oh, boy. So, uh... <clears throat> I'm uh, kind of scared. Do you, you want to start? I'll start. You should be scared. Okay. Uh, Hayden's so, going to go crazy. Am I welcome <laughs> back? If I fail this, are they going to let me fly back home? We'll see. Oh, <laughs> well, you're lucky because I did not pick a Hawaiian name. I picked oh. a, a pretty easy one that you should be able to just nail. Come on. Cole. Here we go. This this guy is a, 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 DB, a DB at ASU. He's a freshman, okay. so we haven't seen him a lot yet. Mason Williams. Mason, Mason Williams. Come on, man. Mason Williams. M-A-S-O-N? Incorrect. This is how it goes. You get, you go, get two tries. You get, you get two so, tries. You already okay, failed okay. your first one. Go uh, letter by letter. So M-A- Correct. C- There we go. E- Yes. N- Yes. Okay. Williams. W- I- Yes. L- Yes. 
L. Yes. I. Yes. A. M. S. Wow. Wow. One wow. for one. Hayden threw him a little bit of a, a cheese ball there, but he, he got it. Yeah, <laughs> there you Mason. Go. The bar was low. The I've bar never was seen low. Mason spelt like that. Shout out, shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to Mason. All right. Shout out to Mason's parents. Mason didn't spell it. Um, I've got an Italian. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a confirmed Italian. He's a freshman quarterback from Colorado. Are you ready for this name? He's from Aurora, Colorado. Grant Chicarone. Grant Chicarone. Grant, Grant Chicarone. Grant Chicarone. Mm -hmm. G-R-A-N-T. The first name is correct. Could Cole go two for two? This would be wow. unheard History. of. History. Chicarone. Chicarone. C-H. Incorrect. Oh, okay. The C was correct. Chicarone. Chicarone. Confirmed to be the pronunciation. C I? It is C I. That is correct. C mm -hmm. A oh. A <laughs> you're wrong. Oh. The double C got cold. It was C I C C A R O N E. Good job, Grant. Grant. Nice, nice debut. Chicarone. Impressive debut. I threw an Italian at you, so it wasn't you wasn't fair. Can we recycle ones class? though that we've used on the podcast? Might as well. Okay. All right, we're bringing some some all star ones back, like Tuli the Tuli Gessanoa. or Eric Crom and Hoke. Ah uh, yes, <laughs> Diamond Lee. All right, yes. when does Michael Pinnock come? Uh, he's in the he's he plays for Indiana. Michael Penix. Yeah, Junior. Michael Penix. Yeah, comes in. he plays for Indiana. So unfortunately, we will not be featuring him in in the spelling game. But we have the mascot matchup. Let's go. So we hop into the old mascot matchup. Um, last year, what we did was we created a tournament uh, for every single Power Five and Group of Five conference in Division One football um, at the FBS level, and we had them duke it out. And we ha got to the final tournament. We let the fans vote. Uh, what we're doing this year is the FCS, because we already touched the FBS. And so we're going to go conference by conference. Shout out Sparky. Shout Rainy out champ. Sparky is the champ of the FBS level. Wow. Um, no bias here whatsoever. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think we're going to narrow it down to four and then let the fans vote on social media. So that, that's yep. that's what's been agreed upon. Wait, so, I have a question, though. Uh, if the group of five is the little guys, <laughs> then what is the FCS? <laughs> The FCS is the, small the, cousin. The, the smaller guy. Small cousin. Okay. You know, the guy that's a little smaller than that. Okay. We'll start with the big sky. So I'm going to lay out the mascots. It's an arena. It's a free-for-all. It's it's very uh, artistic. Uh, just go ahead, throw out your theories, whatever. We'll start. There's the Cal Poly Mustangs, the Eastern Washington Eagles, the Idaho State Bengals, the Idaho Vandals, who are making their second appearance. Yep. They were in the the uh, FBS one as well, but they yep. got relegated. They used to be in the whack. <laughs> They do, you love the whack for some reason. Because <laughs> they're part of the little guy. The Montana Grizzlies, the NAU Lumberjacks, Northern Colorado Bears, Portland State Vikings, Sacramento State Hornets, Southern Utah Thunderbirds, ooh, what a, wow. uh, UC Davis Aggies, and the Weber State Wildcats. So what's something that stands out to you? Let's say, uh, let's set up a scenario. The Bengal, Bengal goes right after the, uh, the Vandal. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start by saying the Lumberjack squashes the Hornet. Okay, fair enough, yeah. So the Hornet is, is out of there. This is just like that. Sacramento State, out. Then the Grizzly gets the Lumberjack. 
I think grizzly that's... and bears. That's going to be tricky. There's two bears okay. in play here. I think a grizzly would beat a bear because we don't know what kind of bear it is. is it could it? be a black bear that eats berries and fish. So right. just like Completely that, lumberjacks fair. and bears are gone. No, not lumberjack. No. Lumberjack's still there. He's like, oh, have you seen a lumberjack? I'm just kidding. There's no way the lumberjack beats the grizzly. Well, the one out in front of the Sky Dome in Flagstaff is like, 20 feet tall. So, <laughs> so is there's it 20 a, feet tall? Is this like an omnipotent being? So we, what is with? an Aggie? Does UC Davis have an actual it's, mascot? It's a horse. Is it? Are it you sure? I thought Aggie just stood for agricultural. Like, it does, but their mascot is a horse. It's okay. just not someone that's aggravating you. It's Aggie-ravating me. <laughs> so let's just say the birds cancel each other out. Give the eagles and there's a thunderbird? What yeah. is a thunderbird? But it has thunder. Okay, the eagle, there's nature. no way an eagle beats a thunderbird. The thunderbird has the power You've of nature. You've got a mustang and, an, and another horse. And a wildcat? Wildcats are weak. The thunderbirds are the four of birds. The well, we need to actually find out what a thunderbird is. I think is. Weaver State, I think it's safe to say the wildcat gets defeated. Well, does um, a wildcat maybe take out a horse? Maybe the wild cat takes out the Mustang. Yeah, the horse. It can't take on two horses, though. The, the UC Davis I feel like horse. I feel like the Mustang would live because that's more of a... I feel like a Mustang is stronger, whereas okay. it's just a normal the, the, the Aggies are gone. Well, what so. if it's the Mustang, the car? It's not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't what we, if us. We this think. isn't a Marvel Disney Plus Well, show. we're down to, what is it, seven? We are down to seven teams. So we've got the Mustangs from Cal Poly, the Idaho State Bengals, the Idaho Vandals, Montana Grizzlies, NAU Lumberjacks, Portland State Vikings, Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Three humans here, Vandals, Lumberjacks, and Vikings. What occurs so when these So I think together? the weakest here... Is gonna be the lumberjack, not the vandal, not the vandal. The lumberjack has an axe. What does the vandal have? A spray can? <laughs> Crowbar? I don't. <laughs> so let's say the vandal gets canceled out. Let's well, we need to figure Idaho out. vandals mascot. Let's see what he looks like. Joe Vandal. It's Joe um... Vandal. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially a Viking. Um. Okay, it's another Viking. So, uh, sure, yeah, I, I can get with the Lumberjack going down. I um, think the Grizzly would have That leaves us with six. So, we've got a Mustang, Bengal, Vandals, Grizzlies, Vikings, Thunderbirds. we got to find two weaklings here. So, I think the Vikings with their cannons and whatnot. What can the Thunderbird do? We what's don't a, know. What's a Thunderbird? It might have powers. Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Thunder, Thunder doesn't do much, though. It just kind of like True, it doesn't have lightning. Yeah. It's I, not the lightning. The words. name of their mascot is Thor. So I'm going to assume not, that this see, is... is not I just talked about Thor. He's a god of thunder, yet he controls lightning. That seems a little <laughs> The mascot looks pretty intimidating. I, I, I'm going to just make an executive decision and say the Thunderbird is dead. I, okay. I think he goes down pretty brutally. Um, so we've got a Mustangs. <laughs> Looking at photos of the mascot. That is ridiculous. So Mustang, Bengal, Vandal, Grizzly, and Viking. I think the Vandal is the clear choice to go down here. Yes. Less clout than the Viking. So we're down to the final four. Um, we'll plug these on our social media. We will get a vote in, and next week we'll re reveal the results. Uh, it's the Cal Poly Mustangs, the Idaho State Bengals, the Montana Grizzlies, and the Portland State Vikings. We will each be posting to our separate social medias. Um, Potentially then, the Pacific Point of View Twitter account as well. And then probably the Pacific Point of View Instagram. Instagram. As well. Be on the lookout so, for that. Can't miss it. Uh, I feel confident about that four. That's that's a pretty good four, I feel like. Of course. Um, and I don't know what conference we're doing next, uh, but we'll figure that out. Um, there is the uh, like independent conference. Right. Then there's the Ohio Valley with, mm, Ohio you Valley. know. 
There's a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, that gets us to our high tide here on Pacific Point of View. Uh, wraps up our Week Zero episode. Any parting thoughts, Hayden Cole? Anything? I'm just hyped for the season. I'm ready to get back into the stands, cheer on my Sun Devils, and uh, you know, despite all the all the noise going on, I I really think. Like you mentioned earlier, I think this is going to be a great college football season, even though change is on the horizon. And uh, just excited to report on it every week as a specialty show on Blaze Radio. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, Matt, right. I, I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Thank you so much uh, for bringing me along uh, for this season. Uh, and I'll see you next week after Hawaii beats uh, UCLA. Yeah, we'll see uh, how cold those takes become. Uh, I suspect they will. <laughs> Um, really, I'm both tapes. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think yeah, we we will definitely we have some bulletin mater- board material already across the board, especially Washington State in second place. But uh, if that wraps everything up, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber, and I'm Colt Amadova. And with that, we wave goodbye.